0: Um, So on this Communion Sunday, as we move towards an experience of the Word, we are going to turn to the story of the Last Supper as it's told in the Gospel of Mark, the community uh, out of which the Gospel of Mark emerged. This is the story that they told of the night before Jesus died and how he gathered his friends at a table. And Sharon is going to come and read our scripture for today. Sharon?
1: Sharon? Mark 14, verses 17 through 26. When it was evening, he came with the 12. And when they had taken their places and were eating, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be distressed and to say to him one after another, Surely not I. He said to them, It is one of the 12 one who is dipping bread into the bowl with me. For the human one goes as it is written of him, but woe to that one by whom the human one is betrayed. It would have been better for that one not to have been born. While they were eating, he took a loaf of bread and after blessing it, he broke it, gave it to them and said, take, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, and all of them drank from it. He said to them, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly, I tell you, I will never again drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. When they had sung the hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. We celebrate the written word of scripture, Thanks be to God. We celebrate the living word, Christ among us. Thanks be to God. Please
0: pray with me. Holy Christ, you gather us in worship. You gather us at table. You gather us into one body. As we approach your word to experience your word, open our hearts and our minds and ourselves so that we might hear and see and know what you would have us experience, and that we might, in the hearing of your word, become the word to bless the world you love. In all things, we give you thanks and praise. Amen. It's always amazed me that over the history of Christianity, one of the things that we seem consistently to argue about is communion. Communion, this central sacrament that we say signifies our unity in Christ, one body gathered at one table. Over the history of Christianity, we have argued and contended and thought about communi- communion, what it means, how we do it, who can lead and celebrate it, who can participate in and receive communion, whose bodies are included at the table and whose are not. These disagreements have been there from the very beginning. We can go back as far as the Apostle Paul and see that 2000 years ago in the church at Corinth, they were struggling over communion. For them, communion was part of a larger meal. They gather in the evening to share that common meal, but those who were wealthier would go ahead and eat before those who were working could get there. And by the time the working folks arrived, all the food was gone. And the Apostle Paul hears about this and writes to them and says, this isn't communion. This isn't the Lord's Supper, Christ's own table. Wait for each other. Wait until everyone gets there and then share your meal together so that everyone is fed and everyone has enough. That's communion. And then he said, and you know, if you're so hungry that you can't wait for the others to get there, then for the love of God, have a snack. That's in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 11, have a snack. And from there, from the beginning, disagreements over communion have flowed on down through the centuries. They have resulted in schisms and the splitting of churches. Wars have been fought for complex religious and political reasons that have included disagreements over the meaning of communion. Even in our lifetime, The controversies over ordination have at their core the issue of who can be at the table, whose body can say the words and break the bread and pour the cup, who is in, who is out. Just 70 or so years ago, women weren't allowed to preside at the communion table in the Presbyterian church. And just 10 years ago, people like me were excluded. Perhaps one of the most well-known disagreements about communion is the one that was wrapped up in the Protestant Reformation of the 1500s. Now, this is an oversimplified version, but in those days, what we would now call the Roman Catholic Church contended that in communion, the substance of the bread and the wine were transformed into the substance of Christ's body and blood. They called that transubstantiation. Martin Luther came along and rejected that and said, no, the bread and wine aren't actually transformed into flesh and blood, but rather Christ is in, with, and under the bread and wine. The branch of this disagreement from which we descend, the Reformed tradition through John Calvin articulated a third understanding of communion. John Calvin said that what happens in communion the whole of the Sacrament of Communion is that we experience the real presence of Christ. Now, what I like about that, that way of saying that is its openness. Calvin pulled back from the focus on just the bread and wine, are they really body and blood and looked at the whole of communion The gathering at the table, the breaking of bread, the pouring of a cup, the eating together, the presence of the Holy Spirit, the promise of a future feast when all things are made whole. And he said, somehow, what we experience here in all that is the real presence of Christ. And he said that with some humility. Calvin said, now, Now, if anyone should ask me how this takes place, I shall not be ashamed to confess that it is a secret too lofty for either my mind to comprehend or my words to declare to speak more plainly. I rather experience it more than I understand it. I rather experience it more than I understand it. We say that sacraments, are visible signs of an invisible grace. When we celebrate communion, we make visible, we manifest God's grace, the real presence of Christ. There is an openness and an invitation in those words that we say. They stake a claim for us. This is the real presence of Christ. And then then they invite us in. To come and see this is the real presence of Christ. Come, taste and see how Christ's presence is embodied in this sacrament, in this moment shared together. And so I want to invite us to do just that. To hold these words, the real presence of Christ, and look and see how they are embodied in this scripture and in our communion together. The real presence of Christ the scene from scripture couldn't get more real. Jesus has sent two of his disciples ahead to prepare a place where they can share the Passover meal. They all arrive and settle in. And the first thing that Jesus says is, one of you will betray me. Jesus has gathered them all at this table, his friends, to share a meal, including one who would betray him. And not only that, just after this, Jesus will turn to Peter and say, and you, you're going to deny me. And by the end of the night, as Jesus is arrested, the rest of them will all flee into the night. Every one of them will either betray or deny or abandon Jesus. And even so, even so, Jesus welcomes them all to the table and there they all are. The mess of their world is present with them at this table too. Judas is there, a reminder of the authorities breathing down Jesus's neck. The oppression and the violence of the world are closing in. And even so, Jesus remains present with them. There is trouble at this table and there is grace. They gather that night to enter into the story of Passover. As Brian Blunt points out, they gather for a liberation meal. They enter into the story of God's saving action in history. When we found ourselves in slavery, God brought us up out of Egypt and into freedom. They break bread and pour the cup as they remember the past and bring it into the future moment Jesus, into the present moment, Jesus points them to the future. I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Jesus points them to the future beyond death on into resurrection. The past, the present, the future, all there in this one moment. And then they sing a hymn and go out together into the night. In this scripture, the scripture, we see the real presence of Christ in a welcome to the table that includes everyone. In the persistent, abiding, abounding grace of Jesus Christ who stands in the midst of our injustice, brokenness and violence with freedom, healing and peace. We see the, the real presence of Christ looking back and telling the story of God saving love down through the years, looking forward to the day it will all be complete and bringing all of that into the present moment. They are fed and they are nourished and then sent out into the world, the real presence of Christ. We tell this story of the real presence of Christ and bring it to life on Sundays like these when we celebrate communion. Now the real presence of Christ may look a little different embodied in these days of Zoom We continue to welcome everyone to the table. A year ago, we would have done that, all of us embodied in one room. And though we long for the day when it shall be so again, what we do today gives us an even bigger glimpse. Communion not limited to one room, but spanning many. Spanning a continent, some Sundays an ocean. It has long been so that on any given Sunday, communion is celebrated fairly continuously through the day around the globe, somewhere on the globe as the earth spins and as Sabbath morning comes to time zone after time zone. It's kind of like that that satellite view of earth where you can see the line that brings daylight moving across the earth communion that moves across the earth like that. We get a glimpse of that here. Communion bigger than we ever thought we would see with our human eyes. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, everyone is welcome. The real presence of Christ, wherever you are on your spiritual journey, wherever you are, there is a place for you here. And it's not only that all of us are welcome, every bit of each of us is welcome. Like like those 12 at the first table, each of us brings every bit of who we are, not just the parts that are presentable and ready to celebrate communion, but also the parts of us that are hurting and lonely, the ways we may be a bit off course, the ways we move within systems that oppress, sometimes harming others, sometimes harmed. We bring all of that. And we bring the mess of our world, pandemic, systemic racism, climate emergency, political turmoil. We bring all that to communion and we find Jesus present in the midst of all that mess with justice and healing And peace, the real presence of Christ, grace abounds. We bring all that in communion and we gather to tell a liberation story. When we say what's called the great prayer of thanksgiving in communion, we tell a specific story It begins with God's saving action from the very beginning. When we were in slavery, God brought us up out into freedom. When we were in exile, God found us and brought us home. And then the prayer goes on to tell how God's saving action continues and is made complete in Jesus Christ. And then we pray for the presence of the spirit of Christ to come alive in us, that together we might be the body of Christ. And we look forward to that day when folks, when we will gather from North and South and East and West to feast in the kingdom of God, God's saving love throughout history on out into forever present with us in this moment, right here, right now in us, the real presence of Christ alive now, This is the day. And then after we share the blessing of bread and cup today, we will share together some opportunities to serve in the world this week. We will sing a hymn and we will go out into the world. As one writer has said, communion gives us a glimpse of what human life by God's grace is intended to be. A life lived together in mutual sharing and love. The real presence of Christ in the lives we live, together we serve. Over the season of epiphany, we've been talking about these words we say and how they become manifest in the lives we live. And with all those words, I have just one more to say. If all those words are true, then this also is true. The real presence of Christ is not complete without you. What Jesus Christ set in motion at that table and then accomplished in resurrection by the power of the Holy Spirit is present with us right here and right now calling us inviting us, inviting you and me and the whole world to come and see, to come and live. The real presence of Christ is not complete without you. All of those words that we've been talking about, they are present and embodied here in the sacrament of communion. There is a place for you here. Grace abounds. Together we serve. This is the day. Each of those words is made manifest not only in the sacrament, but in the life we live together. Each of us and all of us, all of us at this table and all around the world and across time and on out into forever. The body of Christ, the real presence of Christ embodied to bless the world God loves. in